Welcome to the Elites and ECFL podcast. I'm your host, Kickler10 of SAU. Joining me tonight, we have Canes87, head coach of Mountaineer State. What's going on, everybody? Aaron Witten, uh, Aaron1054, defense coordinator, SAU. What's up, everybody? And we have a special guest tonight. Welcome in, Kane Elliott, head coach of Chattanooga. Hey, what's up, ECFL? Appreciate y'all coming on with me again. On this episode tonight, we're going to dive into all of the playoff action so far. We're going to talk about some of the ECFL teams that have rebranded, the head coaches. We're going to go into the Season 4 high school teams and their new head coaches. And then, of course, we're going to preview the biggest game of them all, the national championship coming up Friday night. So we're going to get started with the playoffs first. It's going to be a bulk of our conversation tonight. So we're going to kick off with the uh, first round. We had number eight, Desert State, taking on number nine, Cascade State. And uh, Desert State blew them out in the regular season, and Cascade got revenge 34-17. to um, Canes, what did you think about watching that game? Well, I loved it since that was – I was glad that it wasn't my last game as a quarterback at Cascade. We were able to go out and do something we hadn't done yet and beat Desert State. So, I mean, we looked good. We were ready, I thought, for the next round, but we'll t- I guess not. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. They they were completely and ready, prepared, I should say, this go-around. Last go-around, it was complete and utter blowout, but they turned it around completely. They uh, looked really good through the air and – come out with a big win first round yeah i think uh i think legion came out with a really good defensive game plan uh desert they came out tried to throw the ball 70 times really had nothing to show for it uh and desert just never adjusted yeah it was definitely nice to see cascade get that win uh i know desert state had a great season and and unfortunately that dude that ended his uh desert state head coaching career which we'll talk about a little bit later also in the first round, we had number seven, Ozark Valley, and number 10, Toledo Tech. Kind of a tale of two different teams uh, with the way they ended the season. Ozark Valley was struggling. Toledo Tech, take away the week 10, I think that they were sleeping. They had won, I think, five straight. and But the hangover carried over, and, and Ozark ran them off the field 47 and nothing. Yeah, I think Prince is still having uh, nightmares about that game. <laughs> well, I mean, if you gave up what 510 yards of offense and then you only had 79 yourself yeah i'd be uh i'd be pretty sick about that myself yeah that's tough uh ozark just kind of got into playoff mode at the right time and just dominated yeah it was the first game with uh a new head coach with uh brogan he'll he'll say that he's the only undefeated head coach in ecfl history now (laughs) so that was fun uh we'll move on to the quarterfinals then so number one chattanooga took on number nine cascade state unfortunately the cinderella run was not to be and chattanooga won the game 38 to 6 well kane elliott he he ended my quarterback career so Hats off to him, and they kept the momentum going. So I knew it was going to be a tough game, but they just demolished us. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much else you can say. The steam is the steam. I've been on their coattail all year. They got a hell of a defense and a really good offense to counter it. They beat us that second second go around pretty handily, and hats off to them. They're a great squad. 
Yeah, Mojo had a really big day, uh, five touchdowns. I think our defense really just – we started a little bit slow and the defense kind of got in their zone and, and took it from there. Yeah, Mojo almost broke the record. I guess he tied the rushing touchdown record in the game. He had a chance on the last play, and Harrison said, no, nah, I'm going to keep the ball myself. Yeah. Typical uh, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to number four, Ventura, number five, Bonetown A&M. Ventura had a great season. A little bit surprised to some people, you know, after a, a coaching change, Zio came in interim. Uh, they ran off, I think, an eight and two regular season. Did great. Bonetown, same kind of situation. Interim Julian came in. Again, did awesome, was one win away from Eastern Conference uh, championship game appearance. Both of them rebranding now. So it's going to be Bone Town, though, that got to move on an extra game, winning 24 to 17. Yeah, Bone Town really turned it on the second half of the season. They had a slow start, lost two or three games, then really turned it on in the second half. Ventura, they just had a horrible end to the season, losing to Evening Shade, lost to Maui in the championship, and then turned around and lost to Bone Town in the playoffs. So it's a tough end for them. Yeah, but I would say Bone Town was the sleeper. But you know, if you look back at the second half of the season, they were they were rocking and rolling. Um, in Ventura, yeah, they uh, dropping three games straight right there at the end of the season. I wouldn't have called it, but I mean, with Bone Town the way they've been playing and the way they got rolling, you know, it doesn't surprise me in the end. Yeah, I wasn't super surprised either. I think Bone Town, they're loaded with talent. And I think Julian started figuring out, you know, what how to use that talent uh, as the season went on. And he didn't even have a full season to, to run with it. So um, Julian did a great job. A big win for them. Yeah, the Bone Town defense, kind of like you said, was probably one of the, the most talented in, in the league this season. And Ventura had a great season. But as they'll tell you, the offensive woes – was very much up and down and, and just unfortunately showed at the end of the season as well. Uh, we'll move to number two, Maui state with playoff Ted who abandoned us again. And number seven, Ozark Valley. Ozark continued their streak of not giving up any points as they shut out Maui state, a little payback from week one, 21 to nothing. Yeah, that was my, college head coaching debut and we came out and just we showed up on defense the offense did enough we knew we could get if we got to about 21 24 points that we weren't going to lose that game so credit to the defense for showing up and doing what they had to do yeah this is another one that you know a lot of people would pick and say it was an upset but Maui struggled all year long week in and week out putting points on the board and you know it's no surprise here when they got blanked by Ozark, who's firsthand they have a very, very solid defense, and y'all figured it out on offense as well. So, I mean, you can call this an upset, but if you go back and look at everything leading up to this, it's, it wasn't an upset in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's one thing to shut out Maui because I mean they're they're really good at putting points on the board, but it's another thing to to have two playoff games and and pitch a shutout. Impressive, as you can tell, I'm a big fan of defense, so I like to see that. Yeah, unfortunately for Ted, that put him now one and three in the playoffs. 
It's got to suck. Unless why he's not on here. You're not on here. Defend yourself. I'm sorry, Ted. Dang. I didn't mean to do that to you. Maybe you should come back. Old playoff, Ted. The dude has a great regular season coaching record. I'll give him that. And then he tried to throw my poor man Ace under the bus. It's not Ace's fault, Ted. Don't blame Ace. We all love Ace. All right, so moving on now. Number three, South Alabama. Coming off the loss in the conference championship to Chattanooga. Facing the sixth seed, Amelia Earhart. Our offense found their way again, 48-6. to Yeah, Amelia had no answer for the triple option, as most teams haven't this year. South Alabama just kept rolling like they always do. Yeah, we have uh, offense didn't figure it out. Uh, Ted figured out how to pitch the ball. Um, that was probably money. one of the – you know what I meant, money. Yeah, <laughs> money. I'm still thinking about talking shit. Yeah, you brought Ted into court. <laughs> uh, money figured out how to pitch the ball finally. Um, he actually threw the ball very well. Nine attempts, six completions, you know, for, for money. That's a that's a big, big game. So, But all in all, the defense, I'm proud of the defense, how they played this game, and uh, offense kept rolling as usual. Yeah, I was going to say, too, Mills throwing for two touchdowns on top of four rushing touchdowns. That's an equation for a good, a good day for SAU. The biggest thing to me was no interceptions. I think that might be the only game all season. All season. Triple option, we still throw interceptions. Uh, all right, so we're going to move to the semifinals. The semifinals, outside of the Ventura Bonetown game, the semifinals actually brought some good games. A nice change up from the blowouts we kind of had leading up to it. One seed Chattanooga taking on five seed Bonetown. Chattanooga, the final score is a little bit closer than what it was. Um, I feel like y'all kind of had it in control most of the fourth quarter, but 33 to 24. Bonetown had a good game offensively to tell through for 296 and two touchdowns, but with the duo of Murray and Mojo, it's hard to shut them down. They just went out there and did their thing and made sure Chattanooga was back in the championship. Yeah, this team, when when Mojo's going for the steam and he goes for over 100, you can almost guarantee a win for the steam, almost. Harrison had a, had a couple of turnovers, you know, nothing unusual. Their defense is strong enough to make up for a few turnovers, but when you got Mojo rolling and then Harrison makes a couple good throws, they're a tough team to beat. Yeah, I was a little worried about playing against Julian. Uh, you know, I've game planned with him since the beginning, so uh, he knows he knows a lot of what we do here. So I was uh, concerned that that he'd come out with a good game plan. He did uh, defensively. He did. He created some turnovers, which is Murray's weakness for sure, but. I think we did a good job holding Dash uh, and kind of making Deedle beat us. So I think we performed well. It was I, I was getting a little worried there at the end, though. Yeah, they hit that deep shot to bring it back close, and and y'all were able to recover the onside kick to kind of ice things. It was it was a fun game, though. I mean, much of the first half I feel like was back and forth, and and so it was good to see a nice competitive game. Uh, and then we had another one. So Ozark Valley coming in with two shutouts. A rematch of the semifinals last season where they knocked us off in our bid to two peat and then went up 17 to nothing. Canes, I was ready to kill you. Um, <laughs> I just, I was at a loss. And, uh, but we were able to come back and South Alabama wins 30 to 20. 
Gosh, that it was such a roller coaster in that game. Jumping up on you guys, the way we did it, defense came out stopping the option at first, forcing turnovers, and then everything just went flat. We we couldn't stop you. We couldn't do anything on offense. I didn't think the curse would work at seventeen nothing, but it did. <laughs> and hats off to you guys, y'all. Y'all just kept fighting. Yeah, that was a. Uh the main bright spot of that game when y'all jumped on us and you know, you always hear the 14 0 curse and then you got 17 and I was like, Oh, well, this is going to be a blowout. I was getting ready to cut it off. I was aggravated. We stuck with it, kept pushing, kept pounding, finally giving the ball to El Jefe, which is what we need to do every play. I think of every game money, you know, had a decent game through the air again this week. I think he completed six passes this week. There again is a big night for him. But uh, overall, glad everybody kept kept their head down and kept playing. Ozark, uh, hats off to you. You got a jam up team and a hell of a season. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary to go down seventeen zero when you're running the triple option. But I think you guys, SAU, did a good job of sticking to the run game early, even though it was seventeen zero, and and just. Stuck to y'all's game and and found a way to win. It was one of those games too where we we kept chipping away. You know, we never got that big play until the last touchdown to finally take the lead. I th- we kicked what five field goals, I think. Yeah, and he was the player of the game. Player of the game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dude's name is Game Winner, and he finally pretty much won us a game. He should have been Shankaponymous because dude missed like six field goals coming into that game. Yeah, he's been embarrassing. He I saved all his makes for this. But no, I mean, like kind of like. Kane Elliott said, you know, the triple option is not something you think that can come back. And it, so it was nice to see that that it could come back, which hats off to the defense. They're the real MVPs of that game. Yeah, yeah if our foot would have stayed on the gas, I mean, the triple option wouldn't have came back. But we just, after the first quarter, we couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah, that our, our, I'm not tooting our horns, but I, I am in a, in a way. Our D-line finally, finally started getting some pressure. And I think that's when – when things started to turn a little bit, you couldn't sit back there in the pocket and just pick us apart. There was some point, I can't remember exactly what, first or second quarter, when my man dropped back, three-step drop, and lawn chair, cracked a beer, grilled a hot dog, and then decided to throw a pass. I mean, we were nowhere near him. He was just back there hanging out. Eventually, we started getting some some pressure, and I think that's when, when the tide started turning. I also think that you need to rebrand your rebrand and go out west because that's what you do with two games. I, I hate to see what you do throughout an entire season. It's not exactly. going to be easy. Yeah, I'm sure y'all don't want me in that division. <laughs> the west needs more competition. The east is <laughs> for real. <laughs> well, you lost Bone Town to the west. Yeah, true, true. Well, let's talk about some new teams then. We'll save the natty for later. We'll start with your team, Canes. Uh, Mountaineer State, so formerly Ozark Valley, will now move to the east and become Mountaineer State Dirty Birds. Yep, we'll be based out of West Virginia, and we'll be rocking the teal and the gold and ready to get revenge on South Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love that, the logo and everything. It's It's awesome, man. Um, another rebrand we have coming up, Beat It Down, a.k.a. currently's question mark. I'm not sure what that's about. 
He's taken over Ventura and rebranding to New Mexico to be the Black Rock Rangers. They have a Arizona State theme going with their colors. It's pretty neat. We have Midgard Tech Vikings, Cowboy Gems moving Tennessee A&M. The Smokies have had enough uh, sharing states with Chattanooga, and <laughs> they're running completely away to Alaska. <laughs> I, I don't think they can get much farther. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you've ruined them. Uh, yeah. Kane, it's your fault. My bad. Uh, and then our last rebrand is the Lake Texacoco Aztecs. And that's Coach Julian rebranding Bone Town, taking them down south of the border. Going to be our first Mexican expansion team. It's pretty awesome to have. Yeah, I'm excited about all four teams. Uh, the brands and everything, and just what they're going to bring is going to be good for the ECFL. I agree. I, I like the, I like how everything, you know, I guess you'd say diversity is, you know, you got teams going to Mexico. Now we got a team in Alaska. They, they have to have a dome, don't they? There's no <laughs> there's, snow games. I like, hope not. I want everything negative, to be a snow game. Negative 50 degrees. And it's, yeah, that just sounds like a blast. And then when you go down to Mexico, I don't know how you're going to keep all your players in order. They are going to be trying to go on the beach. <laughs> of enticements he's got for Mexico bringing players in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Recruiting violations all over. <laughs> Spring break. <laughs> <laughs> so the other uh, head coaching change I want to announce, and some people, I guess, have already seen it, with that dude stepping down after building a great foundation at Desert State, they've been in the playoffs at least two of the three seasons, maybe all three. I, I can't remember for sure. Sorry if I'm wrong there, that dude. But he's done a great job building the foundation for that program. They're going to remain Desert State, but where and 850 Kane is, they're going to be co-head coaches as if we needed another Kane in the coaching room. Absolutely. <laughs> so where and 850 Kane will be the new co-head coaches of Desert State moving forward. Congrats to them. Yeah, I think they'll be a, a pretty good duo. Fun to game plan against, especially. Yeah, I like the changes. I, it's neat having the ability to change teams. I know there's been talk about wanting to build like a history with the programs and, and all of that. And I get it to a point, but at the same time you come in, a lot of these teams are, are teams that, you know, necessarily haven't done that great. And so you want to rebrand cause you want to get rid of that stigma and, and build something your own. Hopefully yeah. now we'll have coaches that stick around for a little while and, and we will build that history, and, and you can look back on seasons past and see how the teams do. Yeah, a team like Tennessee A&M uh, rebranding, I think it's big for their culture. You know, like it's, it's been a rough three seasons, uh, so I think it was much needed for them. I agree. So now we're going to talk about some high school coaches. So the high school coaches have all been announced. We had four originals, and then we got to add four more, which is pretty cool. We'll get some more <laughs> high school games, and hopefully we get a bunch of new talent in. So the original four starting out were Spiraw is going to be remaining the head coach at Centennial. He's the only returning head coach. So Centennial out of California. You have Otang, 94. He is now taking over Woodstock Union in Vermont. I have to admit, I've never heard of him, but that's pretty awesome. I love the team name. I love that he took a team out of Vermont. Dylan is going to be the first of our Louisiana teams, East Ascension. 
The other one's going to be Big Tink Tink, who has plenty of coaching experience. He's taking over St. Amant, also in Louisiana. Not Tim getting Collins Hill in Georgia, the season two, I guess, for high school national champions. Uh, KH Creator is taking over Katie out of Texas. T. Harris is going to be doing IMG Academy out of Florida. And Nugs Bay will be taking over Matter Day out of California. So we got a nice variety moving all over the country. Um, eight coaches that, in my opinion, not knocking the previous head coaching uh, collections in high school. I mean, y- y'all did great. There's some big names in this that have been assistants at the ECFL level. Um, some have previous head coaching experience. This should be very competitive. Absolutely. There's two of my former uh, players at Carlinsville who are coaching in Big Tink Tink and Cage Creator. And then Not Tim's got some big shoes to fill. Uh, I just like the, the big expansion. The eight teams, you know, that's that throws, you know, a whole lot more fun into the high school season, in my opinion. Uh, also, like, you know, we get in there and a lot of the – coaches in the college ranks get in and watching the high school games and talking the guys up and stuff like that. I think that's pretty cool. And, but like you said, the, some of the coaches are, they're not, they're not new to the game. You should say they're uh, some of them are very seasoned and uh, should make a, make for very good football in the high school ranks. Yeah. This is their chance to uh, prove themselves. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty pretty even across the board in high school, but, you know, you got to come out and, and give your best game plan and and uh, win some ball games. Yeah, i got to give a shout-out to my man T. Harris. Been a linebacker for us for uh, three seasons now at, at SAU, and immediately after he found out he had the IMG Academy job, he, he hit me up and, and immediately started talking strategy and, and what he wants to do with this team and, it's awesome to see that excitement. I mean, I think he's going to do great. As long as he stays away from the triple option. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can run the triple O in high school. It's hard. I have a love-hate relationship with it. it me trying to figure out the books was with the talent that you have coming in and not really getting to choose and – a lot of the guys aren't elite level. They're just base players to start. It, it's really hard to find the playbook that really works in high school. I think that would be probably the most difficult part is, you know, your talent level is such a – there's such a different talent level in, in the caps and all with, with most of your players. There's game planning. If you can game, if you can game plan and win in high school, you can, you can definitely, definitely do it in the college ranks. For sure. And you got to take advice because Miami's won it twice. Think about that playbook. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely got to be tough. I mean, like you said, you don't even get to pick your players. I mean, at least we get to recruit and and we know who we're getting in. I mean, it's a, a random a, assignment for high school. So you don't know your talent. It, it's like you said, it's lower end. The lower awareness is kind of kill you and, yeah, Aaron said it. He's right. I mean, if you can game plan there and do well, then you're already ahead of the curve whenever you jump up to the ECFL level. And every week's different when you get players added every week. Like, I had one week where I had one cornerback and my receivers were playing, 
And then two weeks later, I have three cornerbacks. <laughs> but hey, it, it makes it fun, you know. If it pretty much forces you to sim, you know, run your sims, run your numbers, test your numbers, test your books, and you, it's almost constant in high school, just like you said, because your your new players come in weekly. Your 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 stat levels are changing, you know. So if you're not constantly simming and constantly trying different things and new things, then, you know, you're going to fall back behind everybody else. But I think that that's what I like about high school so much. It, it pushes you to become good at simming and paying attention to different books and paying attention to different defensive sets and things of that nature. So, Well, simming's hard in high school because all only stat you get is their overall. <laughs> you don't get any of their other attributes for your yeah. own team as well. Yes. Oh dang. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> so all I can see is, oh, my guy's an eighty, but what's he good at? What you have no idea. He's fast, but he can't catch. <laughs> or like Diego Rosa was a beast at halfback, but he was slow, and I don't know how he could catch out of the backfield or anything. Hey, hey, sim it. Keep simming it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's talk about the national championship. This this is what we're all here for. We get a nice season one rematch. We get the trilogy fight that everyone wanted to see. The games this season, one one. We took the first one twenty eight ten. Chattanooga dumped us in the conference championship 38 31 it's there's a ton of storylines that you could talk about murray mojo all those guys it's their last game uh josh knight austin witten for us have been huge foundation pieces it's their last game kane what are you thinking coming into this one uh i mean first i'm just excited to be in the position again uh you know this, this group of seniors i've been with them from the beginning and uh i set four main goals and one of those goals was to get them a national championship so this is my last my last chance to get that for them don't try to make us feel bad yeah no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know we we were let down after season one uh we definitely have a chip on our shoulder and uh approaching this game a lot differently i think than than i approached the first game just having the experience I've had in the playoffs and, and already playing in the championship, just like you guys, has definitely helped. Um, and also it helps that we've played twice already this season. We both have a, a good feel for, for what each other are going to do. Speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good game, and uh, it should live up to the expectations. Uh, that Season one, that game did not live up to expectations. You guys you guys put a beat down on us. So, uh we're just hoping for a good game, and Chattanooga hopefully comes away with a victory. I'm not gonna lie; I hope we have a repeat of season one. <laughs> you know, my yeah. heart already took enough of a beating in that that semifinal game, thanks to Canes and and Ozark Valley. My watch has this thing about my heart rate, and it started buzzing at me because my heart rate stayed above a certain level for too long. It's it was ridiculous. I didn't understand that I'm watching ECFL football. Okay, this is important. Eating <laughs> blood pressure medicine like Skittles. Right. I almost had to go break it out. I've been <laughs> off of it for three years and, you know, almost had to get back on it. I mean, kind of echoing what you said, man. I, I, this is a big game. This is, we know 
kind of what to expect out of each other a little bit, except that, you know, unfortunately, game two, I think y'all thumping us gives y'all the advantage a little bit because you figured something out between those two games. Whereas, you know, the first time around when we were, we knew what each other would do, but we didn't. We got y'all the first time. Well, you were able to make the adjustments and come out and beat us game two. So now we have to completely change everything we're doing because you obviously figured out a way to stop that. Yeah, that our first game was the first time I've ever went against a triple option. So it was definitely new to me. Uh, I didn't even know where to start with game planning. So when it came to the second game, I had to I had to branch out to to some people and be like, hey, if you, if you faced this before, how do you how do you approach it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> at least at least the guy's on. He's on my team though. So, I mean. Lindy, I hate you. Yeah, I'm just good. kidding. I love you, <laughs> but I hate you right now. No, I mean I, it's going to be a slugfest. It is, you know, just about every single time. I mean, you look at both rosters and. You got talent top to bottom on each team. Um, you can't. I, I. I mean, obviously, I'm going to toot our horn because we're great. But like I said, I've I've been on Steam's bandwagon all year long. But I like the I like their defense. I like what they do on offense. You know, I can't take anything from them. Hopefully, I can this weekend. But it's I, I fully expect another slobber knocker. Yeah. yeah one- one thing I've seen that we've done, sorry, was the first game in the national championship, the the first game this season, we were able to slow Mojo. And that's kind of the thing that we've alluded to earlier, that when he go, gets going, then y'all are almost unstoppable. And so we've, we've been able to key on him and, and kind of shut him down, take him out of games. I joked with our guys after the first one that we kind of give him the Leonard Fournette treatment who was all-world Heisman Trophy dominating, and then he faced an Alabama defense, and he got shut down every single time. Well, I don't know what Mojo did to us in the second game. He had a lot better game than he did the first game. So we need to shut him down again, which obviously is the hardest thing to do probably in this entire league. Yep. Yeah, I think after season one, uh, after losing that, that game, in season two, I completely took a different approach. I'm like, all right, everyone knows how to beat us. It's stop mojo. So, like, season two, I got away from from the run game a lot. I was trying to pass the ball, and we just really didn't have a good season. Uh, so, when I came into the, to season three, I'm like, you know what? We're going to hand Mojo the rock. They're going to they're gonna stop it for a little while, but eventually Mojo, he's going to break out. And uh, we just – Got to put all our trust in what he's going to do. And Murray helps him out a lot, too, with his athleticism running the football, too. I think it's just it's just really tough to stop that run game. Oh, for sure. Mojo had 18 yards rushing. No, 56 yards rushing the first game. Mm-hmm. And then in the second game, it was like 75. But So we still held him under 100. Well, what the kicker was Harrison. Harrison yeah, Murray went off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, you know, we we all talk about Mojo, and and rightfully so. I mean, the man should be the runaway favorite cover athlete, and he's had a great career. He's got like the lifetime achievement award if you want to give him one. Harrison Murray, though, to me, was that Stetson Bennett in yeah. national championship. You know, <laughs> people didn't want to talk about him as much, but the dude's uber talented. Stetson's not, but. Murray is, and and Murray is the one that beat us, in my opinion. I mean, he he made the reads to run when he needed to. He threw the ball great. 
everyone hypes up Mojo, deservedly so. Earl Flint, Doc Boone, Quincy Myers. I mean, those are all elite level wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes you all almost impossible to game plan against because you have all those weapons at your disposal. Yeah, I, th- I think the Stetson Bennett uh, comparison was spot on. <laughs> That's like perfect. Uh, he, I mean, he, he doesn't have the best arm, just like Stetson Bennett, you know. it's uh, But the receivers are good enough that they get a lot of separation that he can make those throws and, and get it done with his legs too. That's what I was going to bring up was Harrison Murray. But my point about Harrison Murray is – and it's both quarterbacks. The difference in the game has been the turnovers. In the first game, Harrison Murray threw four turnovers, Money threw one. In the second game, Money threw four, and Murray threw two. And combined, I mean, Money's thrown five interceptions, no touchdowns, and Murray's got five touchdowns and six interceptions. Does that include uh, Money's pitch heard around the world? <laughs> no, God, that was awful. Don't, don't forget about that one either. I think it was two of. Was it two of them? Yes, it was two. So turnovers have been big, and I think that's going to be what it's going to come down to. Oh, for sure. Well, you got to look at the the two defenses. I mean, their mm-hmm. defense is is all world, all elite. You know, can stop anybody. And you know, our D line and linebackers are top notch as well. So you know, they're gonna. Yeah, for the safeties and corners in there too, because y'all picked us off twice last week. I'm not leaving them out. I like my love my safeties, I love my corners, but it starts in the trenches. And just like last week against y'all, uh, whenever we couldn't get any pressure, I mean, y'all sat back there and picked us apart, and you know, hung 17 quick. So it it all boils down on their D-line and our D-line and who can create most pressure and the most chaos in the backfield. Right. Yeah, for me, I think El Jefe has to be the difference for us. I mean, we've got to figure out a way to give him the ball. If I could run fullback dive every play, I every might play. Would do it. Yeah, the dude's a monster. All elite tight end last season, moves over to fullback. If there was an all elite fullback, he would have it. I mean, if all the halfback, he should be right up there in the conversation. He just doesn't have the touchdowns Mojo does and all. I, I get Mojo's got it, but, you know, he's a, he's a second place. But the move to fullback has been huge for us. He, to me, is the difference maker for us in most of these games because he can turn out that yardage when we give him the ball. It also limits these pitches. It limits the interceptions. Um, Canes, you, you nailed it turnovers have been the difference it's crazy hearing that stat on how many turnovers there have been just between two games um prior to the first matchup i want to say we were separated by two points per game on offense and two points per game on defense and that just shows you how similar these teams are how talented they are i'm very happy to see us getting to face each other for a third time because i feel like this was the matchup that was meant to be to, there are some great teams this season. Don't get me wrong. I feel like we were the two best teams. Yeah, I, I would think so too. I mean, I, to be honest, I was when Ozark jumped up on SAU. I was a little worried because I'm like, oh man, Ozark just shut out two teams before. They're about to shut out SAU, and I was I was worried. So I was real happy to to, to see you guys come back because at least I've, I've played you guys enough. Uh, you know, 
The only thing you didn't have to worry about with us was that offensive playbook because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. You got to let us win with the triple option, okay? We yeah. won season one with an air raid, and now we've got the triple option in the national championship with one loss. Like, <laughs> let's do it for the, the little guys. You know, the triple option doesn't get any love. You've made it relevant this season. Yeah. I wonder how many teams will actually try to run it next year. Because if you remember Cascade, we tried to run it last year at the beginning of the season, and it was awful. It's not an easy book to run. It's really not. If if we didn't have history with it, and and even Aaron will tell you, we had a, a little preseason tournament uh, what between between season one and two, I think. I hated every second of it too. And the coaches pick their player or pick the books, and so just between the four of us, myself, Knight, Aaron, and Money, we picked them and Knight streamed the games for the players. And I won that little tournament with the Navy playbook, and then they still wouldn't let me use it in season two. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to convince them this time. That's yeah. funny. So let's let's get predictions now. Canes, you're the only one that can give a prediction on this game because obviously we know who the others are going to pick. Um, tell me what you think is going to – what did you expect out of this game? And then give me your score. This is, this is hard to predict because both of you are great teams, both great defenses, both great offenses. And like I've already mentioned, I think it's going to come down to defense and who gets that last turnover. And I'm going to roll Chattanooga and Mojo and Murray getting to go out on top. You're fired. We're going to be ahead next week. (laughs) I joked about you being fired last week after you picked against us in the Commerce Championship. Now I'm serious. Ted will be back next week. No, you and Ted both are not coming back. (laughs) Hey, Kane, stick together. There you go. That's how we roll. Good. Y'all can all go. <laughs> Aaron and Rick by themselves. Uh, yeah, there you go. We're going to change this from the elites to the South Alabama coaching room podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine, Gaines. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you picked them last time and they did win. So I hope that your curse goes away. Um, I respect your choice, though, because it is a very close game. I, it's hard for me to say that we're going to win the game, you know. When you made the point that tough. they made the adjustments and won the second game, they figured it out, that kind of solidified it for me because I was back and forth. That's okay because now we've changed things up. So now he doesn't know what we're going to run. <laughs> I left it alone after the first game to see if he would figure it out, and he did. <laughs> so now I get to mix things up. It's going to be another terrible money pitch. No, shut up. God, why man, why man. would you say that? The people, the people don't even want to see that. Jesus. <laughs> it was a negative 79-yard pitch. <laughs> no. For real, he is cursed against y'all. You're the only team that he has thrown a glitchy pitch all season, and he did it, what, three times in two games? That's surprising. Yeah. That's really surprising. Yeah, I was then, shocked that it worked so well until then. A three-step drop and then throw it 60 yards right to their cornerback. <laughs> when we only needed four yards? <laughs> exactly. Give it to El Jefe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since they didn't join us tonight, I did reach out and get Prince Vegeta and Ted Stern to give us some predictions because, unfortunately, Keynes was going to be the only one able to predict this week. So both of them, it, 
Now, I talked to them separately. They gave me almost the exact same score, and they were unanimous on their winner. So they're both fired. So Prince Vegeta said 30 to 27. Ted Stern said 31 28. It almost sounds like we're doing UFC scorecards here. Both in favor of SAU. So they are allowed to come back. Yes, they can come back. <laughs> Ted and, and Vegeta both, so 30 27, 31 28. I was shocked at how close the score was. Like I said, I talked to them separately, and it was, they think it's going to be a great game. Both in favor of us. I hope they're right. It's it's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be a war. I hope we give everyone what they want to see. Um, and then we'll get a nice long layover until season four. Yeah, I think as long as I think you both are going to put on great games. So yeah, it'll be fun. So uh, before we close out, do you have any uh, closing thoughts there? Nope. Just you guys go out and show out and show everybody what the ECFL is all about. It's the two best teams in the league. Real quick, just yeah, I'm looking forward to Friday. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we're going to go 80-20-80-20. I think that's the plan. Joe's on us. That's really what he's running. I know, right? You never know. <laughs> Mojo 80 yards on 20 carries. <laughs> I will tell you, Mojo will run the ball. Uh, well, at least if, if, he, if he didn't, I'd tell you that your game plan sucked. Yeah, that, that's true. That, they're going air raid. Touch the ball. Yeah, I hope Mojo forgets his Mojo and, and stumbles everywhere. And <laughs> maybe he can have the fumble heard around the world this week. I just yeah. hope we we uh, go down fourteen zero to start the game. That's God no. Was it you that called it the last time? A fourteen zero. Yes, he did. Oh yeah, my God. I knew I knew it was one of y'all. To be honest, we start just about every game down like 14-0, 10-0, and, and we the second quarter just it completely flips. I don't know why. I, well, before, we got that fumble <laughs> against y'all, and it somebody put fourteen nothing, and then we kicked the field goal. It was like, no, nah, we can't get fourteen. <laughs> yeah. And then we threw an interception. You scored again. Look, I told our coaches before the game against against y'all, Canes that. I I would actually prefer us not to go down the field and score the first drive. I hope that we'll get to about midfield, and then we punt. We have a few good plays. We punt because when we score the very first drive and look great, we go flat and look like crap. Yep. And so I'm hoping, you know, that y'all come out and play great defense the first drive and slow us down, let us get maybe a couple first downs and punt, (laughs) and that way – Maybe the rest of the game will actually do something. So it's a it's a battle for who can start the worst. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> zero zero in the fourth. Hey, dog fight. Hey, game one kind of looked like it was going to be that. Yeah, it really did. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank everyone that listens in. All twenty seven of you. I hope that we actually have more this week. Um, it's been a great season. For ECFL, I've enjoyed it. I know all of you have. I'm glad we started this podcast. Uh, the national championship is coming up Friday, eight o'clock Eastern. It's going to be on the Twitch channel. We need to break the viewership records. Uh, we need to get. I think we got 300, 400 people in the the server. Let's get 300 people. I mean, let's let's shatter all kinds of records. Uh, it should be a great slugfest. It should be a fun one to watch. Two great teams. 
Uh, appreciate the co-hosts coming on. Thank y'all very much. Anytime. And uh, that's it for us. See y'all later.